Hey, North Star, good morning. It's so good to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I know a lot of you went to the beach this weekend. We're very upset with you, but we're hoping you're having a great time down there. And uh, wherever you're watching from this morning, it means the world that you took time to tune in with us and to spend a little bit of time. Because today we're going to wrap up our Soul Care series, and it's going to be really good. Uh, if you will, go ahead and get your app out. That's the best way to follow along. You also have notes if you're watching online. There's some notes area, but the app is also great. It's, you can email it to yourself. Go to North Star Church, Georgia, if you've never downloaded it or just click on that app and all the notes are right there and that'll give you a little guide as we lead along this morning. I know it's Memorial Day weekend. Don't tune out early, okay? Don't go, I think Mike's about to wrap up. Don't tune out early. I promise I'll get done just in time because we've got something really, really good at the end of our service to give a tribute and honor those that have gone before us. So I think it's going to be really good. You know, there are people in our lives that I would call unsung heroes, right? There are those people that you don't know a lot about. There, there are those people that typically they live behind the scenes. They don't get lots of mentions. They don't get lots of attaboys and everybody knows who they are. There are those people that, that serve and because they serve, they allow others to be more known. There are unsung heroes in our lives. There's unsung heroes in scripture today. We're going to talk about one of them. We're going to talk about a guy, you probably don't know his name, but you know the effects of what he did. You know, because of how he lived, you know some of the influences he had. North Star is a perfect picture because you may know my name, but you and may know Seth, but there are people that make North Star happen on a daily basis. They don't get paid. They're just volunteers. They're holding cameras right now all over this room. They're running soundboards and lighting, working up in our booth. Th this week, I emailed a couple of our staff, and I said, hey, who are some of your unsung heroes? And this is from HSM and 678 and our care ministry and WAVE and our kids ministry. And here's some of the names. And these are people that have worked with kids. They've written letters. They've made masks. They've gone the extra mile producing services for them. Here's some of the names they threw out. Elliot Blake's. Daniel Walker, Mauricio, Mary Catherine Connor, Catherine Sellers, Abby J, Pam Barnes writes 80 cards a month to those that are sick and hurting. Annalie Burbridge, Brian Fandry, Lexi Yampierre, Jack Stewart. You know what they all have in common? Selflessness. That's what unsung heroes are, right? They're, they're selfless. They're those people that we may see the effects of what they do, but we may not know who they are. Well, the guy we're going to talk about today was one of those. So we all know Paul, right? The, the name Paul's familiar. If you've been in our Soul Care series over these weeks, we've talked about Paul's the guy that wrote this letter. You may even know one of the other guys Paul writes to a lot named Timothy. You, in fact, probably know people named Paul and Timothy. There's probably a buddy you went to high school with or somebody in your family or even a brother, their name is Paul or their name is Timothy. But the guy that we write about today, you probably don't, have him in your phone contacts. His name was Epaphroditus, right? So when we were picking out Casey's name, Epaphroditus was not one of the choices. It was not one of the options. It's sort of a name that's forgotten, but yet played a huge role in Paul's life. 
You know, in Philippians 4, we've been working through, Paul talks about joy, and he talks about peace. He talks about not worrying in prayer. He talks about obedience. And then in this letter, remember, he's chained to a Roman guard. He's writing back to this church at Philippi. He says this in verse 10, how I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have a chance to help me. Remember, they're, they're not with Paul. They're not like right there. Paul's gone away, and there, there, was no, uh, there was no texting. There was no, hey, Paul, just checking in on you, quick, quick cell phone call. They had to go to, to pretty great lengths to do this. Well, how did they do this while Paul was in prison? Well, they gave an offering. They gave an offering with Epaphroditus. They sent an offering to Paul. So they couldn't Venmo him. They couldn't just send something. They sent an offering to Paul. And, and look at what it says in Philippians 4.18. At the moment I have all, all, I have all I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They're a sweet-smelling sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. Why did Paul praise the Lord from prison? Listen, he experienced the power of connection. So Paul needed this guy. We don't even hardly know the guy's name. You're saying, Mike, you don't even pronounce it right. Well, you don't know either, all right? And so we're, we're both on the same page there. We're all trying to figure it out. But I know this, this guy, Epaphroditus... Paul needed him, and you need people. You know, we, we, we spend, our world spends a lot about self-care, but, but deep down in the engine room of our lives, our soul needs connection, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you are today, right from where you're watching today, whether it's a, you're sitting in your car getting ready to head out to the beach, or you're sitting in a hotel room, or you're sitting in your den, or on your back porch, Wherever you're at this morning, would you ask God to show you why your soul needs connection? Would you? Father, you left this story for a reason. You left it because we need it. God, I... I pray and my prayer as I was driving in early this morning while it's still dark outside. God, I pray that everybody that hears my voice today will have somebody's name pop up in their mind that they go, yes, that person is this for me. So speak to us, teach us, challenge us, encourage us. Father, to live a life that's connected. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Epaphroditus doesn't just appear in Philippians 4. In fact, you read his story in Philippians 2. It's right there in your, in your notes this morning as you're thumbing along. I want you to read with me Philippians 2, verse 25. Men, meanwhile, Paul, writing, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. So he had come to see him. He is a, listen to what he says, he is a true brother, a co-worker, and a fellow soldier. He's family, he's with me, and he fights for me. 
and he was your messenger to help me in a time of need. I'm sending him back because he's been longing to see you, and he's very distressed that you heard he was ill. He certainly was. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him, also on me, so I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you'll be glad to see him. Then I won't be so worried. Then I will then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome to him with Christian love, with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ. He was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't from so far away. What do we learn about power connection? Three quick things. Ready? Principle number one, we need friends who understand us. We need friends who understand us. You and I need people that understand us. Not, I tell them what my needs are, they know what they are. It's not, hey, let me tell you what I'm going through, and let me tell you, that, that's good, and we need those. those. Those friends, right, self-friends, we need those. Soul friends are the people that understand you, and you don't have to say a word. They just know. Jesus had them. So he had his 12 disciples, right? That was one circle, but he had an inner circle. And that group, when he went and prayed in the garden, those were the three that he invited, Peter, James, and John. They were his garden friends. They were his soul friends. They were the ones that knew a part of him others didn't know. Look at what it says. He is a true brother, a co-worker, and a fellow soldier, he knew, and I want you to write this little thought down, he knew Paul's heart and passions. We need friends who understand us. We have to say a lot about it. They just get it. See, we're, we're trained in this, in this world to sort of hide behind this self-mask this friend is that person that sees down in your soul and you know, and I want you to write this little, little thought down, they're safe, right? They're safe friends. So here at North Star, I'm so blessed because I've got lots of friends, but I have some soul friends. I've got some people that, that have known me long before I ever was at North Star. They were, one of them was a friend since second grade and two of them were roommates in college. They know stuff. They know stuff that I would be very upset if you found out. But they are, they're soul friends. Those are people that, that know behind the curtain, right? Paul said this about Epaphroditus. He is a co-worker. He's also a soldier. He's fighting for me. We, we all need people, don't we, that fight for us? We need friends who understand us. We don't have to put on a show for them. We don't always have to be at our best for them. They just know, right? Principle number two, we need friends who encourage us when we're down. You know, we don't think of Paul as ever being discouraged, right? I mean, he's the one that said in Philippians 4.4, I say it again, rejoice, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again, rejoice. We're like, Paul ever down? Sure, Paul was down. We all have those moments. We visit those places 
that we don't need to visit in our brains, and we need those people that encourage us. And he was your messenger to help me. What does it say there? In my time of need. We all have those times of need, and sometimes we don't even know how to put words to them. And soul friends show up just when you need them. It's just what they do. I remember when Ann and I were getting married back in 1991 and we were laying out our wedding party. I came up with like 15 guys to put in it and she came up with her group. I don't remember how many we had now, but we, she came up with her group and she just, no, that's my group. I was like, we need to add, no, 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 that's my group. She's one of those personalities that she doesn't need lots and lots and lots and lots of people. She has her few close in her circle. One of those People was not in our wedding, but one of those people that is a soul friend to her, I cannot tell you through the years we've known this family, how many times Ann's never said a word about a need, said a word about a, she'll show up with a note, a little gift left by our door, dropping by and bringing her a sandwich at work, just when she didn't. See, soul friends encourage us. They encourage us. They know that love language we have, and they give us what we need just when we need it. I think that's what Epaphroditus was. I think that's why Saul, Paul, writes him in this letter. He says, I'm just telling you, he showed up. Do you know that he had traveled six weeks and over 800 miles to get there? He didn't just run around the corner to drop a gift basket off with some Chick-fil-A gift cards at Paul's house. He went through almost death to get there. Why? Because he knew Paul needed encouragement. So let me, let me pause here to say this. If you're listening to the sound of my voice this morning and you don't have a group of people put around you, a small group put around you to encourage you, dude, you're missing, man. I'm just telling you, you're missing it because that's the power of all this. We all need encouragement. So it was three years ago this weekend. My mom passed away and we did her funeral. And, and I think about, and I just mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I think about all the guys from my groups that drove an hour plus, took time off work to be there. They didn't, they didn't necessarily say anything, but their presence encouraged me. Principle number three, we need friends who put our needs ahead of their own. See, we all have one-up friends, right? You know what one-upper friends are? No matter what your problem is, they got one bigger, right? No matter what your story is, they got one better. No matter what you're going through, they got, they got one too. Those are one-uppers. We all got one-upper, and they're good, they're good people, Get on your nerves, but they're good people. I mean, they're, but they're always one up and whatever you're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you're having trouble at work. You won't believe what happened in my work. That they're just one up or friends. Soul friends, though, put your needs ahead of theirs. Those are unique people. You meet somebody who's selfless, they stand out, right? Selfish friends put their needs first. Selfless friends. Put your needs first. Look at what Paul said. He risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. This dude risked it to show me you loved me. 
So let me say this this morning. We all need soul friends, and we all need to be soul friends. See, selfishness would say, I need a soul friend, but I don't need to be one. Selflessness would say, I need a soul friend. I'll let somebody down in the, behind the curtains of my life, but I also need to be that for somebody. And what a weekend to be talking about this, huh? Memorial Day weekend, a weekend that we honor those that have selflessly given their life for us. They not only stood on our behalf, they paid the ultimate price on our behalf. Watch this video with me, would you? Sometime back, I received in the name of our country the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be, because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us. I did 30 years in the United States Marine Corps, uh, 10 of which was active duty and then 20 which was uh, as a reservist. Um, got to serve all over the world from east coast to west coast where I was primarily based and finally based here at Dobbins Air Reserve Base uh, through the flying the F-18 time frame is for 20 years. And then the last 10 years I was based up in Great Lakes, Michigan, of which through all of those deployments I was able to travel all over the world from Korea to above the Arctic Circle up in Buda, Norway all the way down into the Middle East. In the Marine Corps, um, we always say, God, country, Corps. And so we always think about serving to a higher power. Um, and that's really kind of how we base our lives, with, the, uh, with that one main thought in mind. Now, the tightness of the brotherhood and that bond of, of the men and women that have served is a uh, it's, uh, it's really kind of, it's crazy how tight it is and how unspeakably 
close everybody is that has served. At the end of the day, uh, to be able to be called Marine, it's really special. The quality um, that we've learned as, as a Marine or as an, an officer in, in, in general is, is, uh, is, is servitude. Serve it to the uh, country, to the people around us, to the community. That's one of the things you, you wake up every day and you think about to become a better person, what can I do today? And that's one of the things that they give you. They give you those tools in that toolbox to be able to, to wake up that day and do something better for the community. You don't have to wear a uniform to be that kind of an individual. Somebody that will take their time out of the day to help somebody walk across the street, they're a servant leader in their own right. What they've done is they've just shown for somebody else compassion for that person. You don't have to wear the uniform to do that. In 1971, the Congress enacted Memorial Day, they actually codified it into law. And the law is really kind of based on America's allegiance to God, based on 2 Chronicles 7.14. Um, one of those things that they talk about is the uh, national call to prayer to honor those fallen. We have had all in our lives quite a few folks that have, uh, have gone before. And every day we wake up, we think about that, and it changes you, and what it does is, as a young man or a young lady, when they first come up, you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. You think you're gonna walk the face of the earth for the rest of your life, which will be in perpetuity. You don't know what the rest of your life means. And when something like this happens, you realize there is a finite time on earth. And so you covet life even more. And you recognize that when I wake up every day, I try to be a better person that day. I go to sleep that night and I pray to God that I'm a better person that next day. I fail every time at that but I try to become that kind of a person. For that person that had fallen before me, I want to honor them. I want to make sure that they're proud of what I'm doing as, a, as an individual to be better for my family, for my country, and the people around me. If we forget where our past is and where we've come from, uh, we'll fail. Every time, I mean, as we said, but think about that every day. It's written in, it's written in the Bible. I mean, it's, it's written every day. If we, if we failed the Bible, we have failed ourselves. What a picture. What a picture of sacrifice, right? Because that really is that soul connection always involves sacrifice. You know, Dwight, gentleman you just watched, an incredibly close friend to me and to my family. We've watched our kids grow up together and, and I've watched them grow into young men and young women. And he lives what he, what he said. He lives it. Today, we honor those that have come before us. And today, we remind ourselves of sacrifice. See, when we talk about soul friend, you've got one. You, you may not know you have them, but you've got one. He lived 2,000 years ago. See, here, here's the crazy thing about this soul friend. He knows everything about you and loves you anyways. See, our biggest fear in life is exposing too much of ourselves. We don't want somebody to reject us or they find out something about us or they know what we thought or they know something we said a long time ago or they know this or they know that and we hide it, right? This soul friend knows everything about you. Now, here's the crazy part. And he loves you anyways. Isn't that crazy? Romans tells us, Paul tells, tells us in Romans, that this friend loved you at your worst 
not at your best. And he paid the ultimate sacrifice for you. He died so you could know how much he loves you. His name is Jesus. And I'm telling you, he's a friend like any other friend you'll ever have. He never leaves your side. So Paul tells us he's near, he's coming. He's with you always. And whether life's up or life's down, we've learned about that over the past couple weeks, hadn't we? This soul friend sticks closer than a brother. He said this about himself. He said, you know what true love is when one will lay down his life for his friends. And that was you. Yeah, I need earthly soul friends. You better believe it. And I'm glad I got a couple. But I need a heavenly soul friend for my eternity. And so do you. Would you pray with me this morning, would you? God, on a weekend, we, uh, we honor those that have fallen on our behalf and say thank you. We remind ourselves of a soul friend that chose to die so we could live. He chose to step into our story. He chose to be a part of our journey. Not because of what we do, but because he loves us. Maybe you're watching this morning and you say, Mike, I, uh, I don't have a friend like that. Like, I don't know this guy named Jesus that you were talking about. I don't know him. Could I introduce you to him this morning? It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, would you pray this? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you live for me. Would you pray this? I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose again just for me. Step into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior, my soul friend today. Father, thank you. 2,000 years after you got up and walked out of that tomb, you still walk into hearts and make a new home. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Today, you may have prayed that prayer with me for the very first time. I want you to do me a favor, all right? I want you to take out your phone and I want you to text NSC guest to 555 and I'm NSC follow to 555-888. NSC follow to 555-888. If you text NSC guest, we'll get you too. All right, NSC follow to 555-888. We want to say congratulations because you have made one of the biggest steps you'll ever make in your life. I pray this coming out of this series. I pray you've learned how to take care of your soul. I pray that you have a soul friend. I pray that you'll be a soul friend. And I pray you have the ultimate soul friend living in your life.